Hi, and welcome to the podcast today. It's the second podcast here on this Tuesday, April 25th. What do you mean? Um, today, another episode of my other podcast that I have the privilege and honor to host for uh, my friends at the Ability Center, 68 Words. Uh, that hit earlier this morning. We try to get a new episode out every two weeks. On Tuesdays around 8 in the morning. Today's episode is someone we had a visit with last fall as the second inclusive playground opened up, Ryan Weekman. Uh, but we've got more things to talk about with Ryan. That's on 68 Words. Please give a subscribe to that 68 Words. And again, uh, not as many episodes as here, but uh, and also different content as well, except maybe in this case, there will be some overlap with Ryan, some things that we talked about in the fall, but some updates as well. Um, some things, in, uh, an East Toledo thing to get to with um, a true expert weighing in uh, how we all live in silos and could use a little more self-awareness to people who should not be allowed to procreate because it would it would cause an Avengers level threat. And uh, you can finally go see them on Friday. First, let me tell you who's going to come up here for, God, nine years, eight, nine years, I have had really one guest drop by and visit whatever radio show, podcast, to talk about the NAMI Walk, National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, that person, my friend, one of my other, one of my friends in the Jewish community, who she, she's the one that got me into it, uh, Robin Eisenberg, the executive director of NAMI here of Greater Toledo. Robin's been doing visits with me for many years now. Uh, Robin's on vacation, I believe. So another uh, good friend of mine, she gets to make her debut talking about NAMI here on this podcast. I don't think we've had her on before. And uh, this person touches other parts of the community outside what Robin and I often talk about. So we're going to get into that with my good friend, Sonia Quinn from NAMI shortly. First up, you can go you can go see the polar bears. Uh, Zikalik and Kaloum, uh, we've uh, patiently, maybe impatiently waited to visit with them. Hopefully they're not overwhelmed when... Um, they welcome visitors Friday as the zoo opens. Their mom will be out there as well. I believe their mom will be out there. And I can visit with them Friday morning um, at the Arctic Encounter. This morning, this morning, this morning, I saw something in the blade talking about we are getting two, two, com- two food comp. Two food composting sites that I guess many people have wanted for some time. Was unaware that, that, that they wanted them. Okay, cool. I snagged a quick excerpt from that has nothing to do with that. But those tentatively identified sites are Swan Creek Preserve in South Toledo, Glass City Metro Park in East Toledo. Oh, that's interesting. And by the way, this is from the Metro Park spokesperson, Scott Carpenter. That expert I mentioned a couple of moments ago. Um, and he and I, I think, had a pretty good discourse on on Facebook when I shared that. I have said for some time now, Glass City Metro Park is in East Toledo. And if you want to argue me otherwise, tell me where Wait is. No one has ever said Wait is in downtown Toledo. Um, Scott saw my my post, and I'm going to read. His comment, because it is very thoughtful and informative. He, I believe, is a native Eastsider. Um, 
I was born there, lived there, married someone from there, worked for a newspaper there. I know the east side. Don't take offense if someone includes Glass City Metro Parks as part of downtown. I guess I kind of did. The riverfront in East Toledo is part of the downtown master plan, which was the impetus for the park. It's part of the Dora. It has the Docks Restaurant Complex, which is part of the downtown entertainment district. Most important, Class City is part of the future Riverwalk, which will connect six neighborhoods in downtown and East Toledo. As Peter Ruvagi said at our first public meeting about Class City, the river should unite us, not divide us. Really thoughtful, reflective, uh, informative words from someone who knows both the Metro Parks and someone who was there. If Scott... And the master plan say that is part of downtown Toledo. Fine. But let me read uh, my comment that I, I took some time uh, to respond back to Scott. I'm sure as the years and generations pass, the accuracy and spirit of your words and thoughts will prevail. Prevail. Middle Grounds Metro Park connecting to Glass City Metro Park will literally and symbolically make that happen. But it takes a while for the classism and colloquialisms to recede. Until then, I think you'll have an overwhelming amount of Glass City Metro Park goers say they're downtown, but if they're at Taco Bell, it's East Toledo. I'll completely concede these people are often the, if you go downtown, we'll get you'll get shot people. I tired of when I moved here in 2013. So if uh, if, if Scott and the, and the master plan say East Toledo, uh, say the Met, Glass City Metro Park is, is downtown, so well be it. But I don't think the, the average person will get that until it is literally connected um, to Middle Grounds Metro Park, as Scott illustra- illustrated, bringing six parks together and East Toledo. And as I've said so many times, I'm so glad that the Metro Parks has made sure to include my new friends, Jody, Shelby, and beyond at the East Toledo Family Center and not not push them off to the side as old East Toledo. Um, they did not come in with a, a elitist attitude and they're including um, so much of the 05. Um, this thought kind of was catalyzed for me when my friend Danny Moore and C. Fifth said, um, if there's something cool happening in a Class City Metro Park, it's uh, it's downtown. If there's a shooting over there, it's the east side. And he's right. And and while Scott is, is right with master plan in downtown, perception, unfortunately, is reality. But that's why I said in, in years to come, um, as, as things change and more and more people go to Glass City Metro Park and do things in East Toledo, um, it, it will be downtown or, or, or East Toledo will shift in its perspective. As you know, years ago now, I retired the East Toledo jokes. Um, it was my responsibility, having a public platform, to knock off those jokes and only on the East side nonsense. If I could go back... Um, when I first lived here, 2005, 2006, I did go to the docks a lot, dozens of times. Uh, what was that? Club Sin on Friday nights. And never once did I think it was downtown. Um, it is to to push back on, um, I think he was councilman at the time, councilperson of the time, Peter Ravagi's point, the river should divide, should unite us, not divide us. But it is, that's really hard. That is really hard with a physical barrier barrier of that size. Um, it is literally a differentiator. That's what rivers do. They, they do divide. And it's a pretty big river. Um, another Toledo thing. Um, I go to the Toledo Reddit page a lot. I, I probably should should not. Um, someone posted today. First of all, I want to share, I want to go this route with you. What's a, What's underrated? What is a place in Toledo that you find underrated? And the point of this little 
soliloquy or monologue is it's a reminder that we need that we all need to be a little bit more self-aware. Some of us are more self-aware than others. We've got to remember that the silos of our world are actually pretty small. The orbits we live in don't touch a whole heck of a lot. And that's fine. We're everybody's super busy. Family, work, friends, and so much more. It, uh, this is kind of like a piggyback on my uh, pushback on only in Toledo. No, no, not actually only in Toledo. Um, opposite of a boycott post. What Toledo business is underrated and deserves more customers? You thought of a place? Um, the, the place that this person shared is a terrible example of this. Um, this person said, uh, Sidon. The Mediterranean, the delicious Mediterranean spot on Bancroft. Um, I, I get it. Not everybody knows everything. I, I, I take it as my responsibility to know more than the average Toledoan. So, not so I can stick my nose in your face or up in the air, but so that I can share these places old places that you don't know about, old places that are getting a facelift, new places that are coming. So, it's my responsibility to share these places with you, uh, with the public, and if you live in Perrysburg, get get you going to downtown Toledo to, to go to um, Whiskey River Tavern. If you're on the east side, say, hey, go check out this place in, in Sylvania. Ma- Maple and Maine is a spot to go to because we literally live in these tiny little silos and don't get beyond where we are very often. Um, this this post, it, it just made me shake my head. So, Sidon, objectively... I would say that's a pretty popular place. Forget about underrated, overrated. I would say fairly well-known. But again, you only know what you know. You don't know what you don't know. To this person, they clearly had never seen it before, found it before, heard of it before. And again, our circles are small. Some of the other places named, and, and forget that that dude's post, some of these other places are actually pretty big. In fact, reading through this as people commented, yeah, that's a great spot. Yeah, I've had this there. This actually turned into, and I tried not to be too snarky and I didn't want to be the the big dick on this post, but I was like, this this thread has turned into a staple of of great spots in Toledo. Big Apple Deli. Uh, Nondescript, but on Woodville Road, right over the bridge. Some of the other ones. Uh, QQ Kitchen on Secor. Zane's Lebanese Grill. I don't know that place. Uh, Trip and Biscuits. I believe they are a food truck. Lowrider Cafe has become a huge breakfast and lunch spot over the last couple of years. Toledo Toledo Thai. Fantastic. Um, Rose Thai. Holy Toledo. Pizza Cat. Uh, here is something saying, obviously, we, we, we just went to Sidon last weekend for the first time, and it was amazing. I'm glad they found it. Spicy Tuna. Underrated, overrated. I think pretty popular. Uh, what else? They have also put on here Calvino's, a couple of comic shops. Uh, there are a few places that I've never heard of. Ryder Coffee Company, don't know them. Doc Watson's for breakfast or any other time. I would say Doc Watson's um, is, uh, is, is pretty darn well-known. Leaf and Seed, downtown. Sip Coffee has become quite popular over the last couple of years. The Dollop Shop, which is right down the shopping center from SIP. Um, Cialino's, Big Apple's Deli, uh, our, our t- Bombay Kitchen. So the point being, um, 
we live in tiny little worlds. Um, we we think we have this exorbitant amount of experience, and we know all these things out there. And this includes me too. Um, but you just don't. You just don't have the time. You don't have the reach. Your orbit is so much smaller than you think it is. Um, and then the other side of this is, who rates stuff? What do you mean? And again, this is me being super literal. Who rates stuff? Some Sidon could be underrated to you, but overrated to me. Who's right? I go back to thinking, this is like 15 years ago. Ah, 13, like 2007, 8, 9. I always thought with college football, we should elect like a Jedi Council of unimpeachable, impeccable, knowledgeable, wise people who follow the sport and maybe know a little bit outside of it or come from another place where they can judge and and their opinions cannot be refuted. And we did kind of get that at some point. I mean, the, the BCS was the computer version of that. And now we do have that, the college football playoff selection committee, which is actually quite impeachable because humans are flawed. And I'll come back to something with that else shortly. But who who decides rated things? We should just have a rate. We just have a ratings committee. Yeah. Now, just something to throw by you when someone says underrated, overrated. It, it's all personal opinion, as everything is with us. That emotion thing, real fast. It's taken me some time, and I see these things, and I think I want to. I want to push back on that. I, I have a counter argument. And then I can't formulate it. And it's one of these things you sleep on it or you see it multiple times and you just let, you let your subconscious, uh, your subconscious create the response. Kind of like how you're in an argument, you think you do a good job or you think you let yourself down a little bit. You go take a shower, you sleep on it. The next day you're like, I wish I said that. Happens all the time with the podcast. Um, for as much as I'm talking now, there will be two or three things. I was like, I wish I, wish I would remember to say that. We've all seen some variation of while you can't control the reactions of the other you can control your own response it is incredibly hard and takes a very long time and potentially a great deal of therapy to control your feelings and emotions um some silly meme is not going to get you to go oh I remember I'm in control of my feelings, so I shouldn't be upset or angry over X, Y, or Z. It's not that easy. You know, as I always like to say, when people say, uh, what, women are too emotional? No, jackass. People are too emotional. Um, Let's, oh, one more thing. Did I say about the polar bears? No, not the polar bears. Oh, uh, Glenn Powell. Blonde dude, blonde-haired guy, very good-looking guy. He was in Top Gun Maverick. And then in the, um, the, the, the pilot movie with Jonathan Majors, a little bit after that. Really similar movies, flying a lot of planes. Um, and Sidney Sweeney, who is um, naked often in Euphoria. They're shooting a movie, but maybe they're together, and there is an unfollowing of someone's Instagram by someone in a relationship. Look at those two people. They're uh, they're both uh, everything is subjective, right? But I would say that most people would find those two people like the peak of human beauty. Not everybody, but a lot. 
Not everybody is everybody else's type. I get that. Generally speaking, if these two procreate, it will be the Antichrist. It will be a Thanos threat. We will have to bring back the original Avengers to stop this this creation because two people that good looking should not be allowed to procreate. It would be the end of the universe. Um, the end of the monologue. Let's dive into my good friend Sonia Quinn from Nami to talk about the upcoming walk and so much more. This is this is kind of momentous, and we have we have begun. We have begun. Oh. So keep the energy up, okay? I know oh. that's going to be a struggle for you. I know it will be. My friend Sonia Quinn is here, and do you do you know what this this, this is? I do not. Uh, you you asked me like how long have I been here? I had seven years, but it's been over ten years that I've been here now in the area, okay. and every single time um, there's been a, a Nami thing, a Nami interview, walk, chili cook off, whatever. It's the one and only. It's the goddess Robin Eisenberg is the one that visits. Yes, it took me. Over 10 years, <laughs> and half of that I have known you to get you in here. I know. So yeah, I'm I am. so glad that I Rob, know. have a good time on a vacation, Robin. I know, I know. The kids are about Got to play. One of the best here. Uh, Sonia Quinn is here. Yes. Uh, what is your role at NAMI? I am the community engagement coordinator for NAMI. And most people say, well, what does that mean? Well, I'm out in the community and I'm making sure that people understand what NAMI is, about our resources, events that we do, and bringing in referrals to our net family navigators. Let's uh, let's jump all the way ahead. May 20th is the walk yes. this year. Uh, let's, let's dive into the details of that and then we'll work backwards and talk more about things you do and places you are and people you see and, and some of the ways NAMI's has changed in three years. Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad I'm here today, Eric, to talk about the walk because it is um, coming up, as you said, in what? five or six weeks. Our walk is May 20th and is at our office at 4334 Secor Road. And our walk is really important this year because um, I don't think a lot of people understand what that does for us, but it helps NAMI keep our services free to the community. And that's very important for us because we serve a lot of individuals from a diff- lot of different backgrounds. You know, we serve a lot of the underserved population that comes in for additional help and treat uh, from their treatment that they're going through. So it's really important this year that our walk is successful as every year because it's our one and only fundraiser that we have. We normally don't go out asking for money. So this time of year when we do, we really go out and we push our walk and we make sure that we have sponsors and people coming out to enjoy us on that day. Let me ask you uh, about that day. Yeah. So far as I know, um, most of the money is raised over the course of the calendar year or during the walk season. Yes. And the walk, I guess, is a, a bit of a, a celebration of yes. it. What what else does the walk symbolize? The one thing that I always think of it as is the money has been raised, but it's it's good to get all these people mm-hmm. in one room, so to speak. Yeah, the walk is the reason why the walk itself on walk day is so amazing because you're bringing a ton of people together, first of all, that believes in NAMI. Mm-hmm. And also they're helping us break down that stigma and they're walking for a cause. They're walking because they believe in what we do. And if they didn't have a NAMI in Toledo, you know, they wouldn't be able to get the resources that they need for their mental health um, needs and things like that. I think it was one of the last years that we were at UTMC, 2016, 2017. Yeah. I don't remember, but it was, it was a, cold. It was days like today that we're cold. recording today on Tuesday, April 25th. Damp, dreary, typical yes. Toledo spring day. And uh, it, it was kind of a downer for the walk. But then I just kind of took took some some perspective of things like you know what this is actually not the worst thing in the world this is actually where we could still be near people and not worry about things but uh it was like you know what it's good to have all these people in one in close quarters to look at other people that are 
pretty likely not like them, Mm -hmm. but here for the same reason or have the same questions or looking for the same resources rather than being spread out across the UTMC campus. So that's me trying to find the positive in something, which is never happening. Well, last year, I don't know if you remember, it rained. No. First thing, oh my gosh, first thing in the morning, it rained and we panicked and we were like, okay, what are we going to do? I looked over at Rob and I'm like, we need to get on Facebook Live and let people know that we're still having that. So who did they put on Facebook Live? You. None other. <laughs> I was I was having, uh, I, I will never forget that walk because uh, I was having coffee with a, someone that you likely know pretty well, Sheena Barnes. Oh, absolutely. Sheena and I were breaking bread for the first time and um, we were watching outside, we were at the Starbucks on Reynolds and Airport and okay. we're watching, we're like waiting for Dorothy and the Wicked Witch to fly by. And I text Robin. I was like, are we on? She's like, get your butt here. Yes, we, yeah, we do not stop. We are going to push through it because it's so important. And it just gives, uh, for me, it gives us a chance to work with our community, walk with our community, get to know people. We had so many people. We were so happy that the turnout was the way it was last year. It was so many people that came out, they walked, they walked down the street, you know, cars were honking at us. It's just a good time. So I encourage anybody that is listening today to please come out and walk with us on May 20th. What are some of the other benefits of the walk for maybe somebody who has never been out to one before? How can they get some help potentially or ask questions, whatever it might be? Great question. So we do have other resources there. So we have different resource tables there from around the community, whether it's mental health um the Toledo public library usually comes out and join us the mental health board is there to join us so we have tons of different resources that you can go around as we're either eating walking um, networking there's other tables there that you can go around to get resources from are you gonna I, i i got a note saying that nami will be at this but will you sonia quinn be at the east toledo family center mental health event on may 10th yes i will be that gets talked Absolutely. about on, on the radio show a couple of times yeah, today. I will be there, so come I, and visit my table. <laughs> I have fallen in love with uh, with Jody and, and Shelby over there, and mm-hmm. I've come to. I was one of those people a long time ago that made East Toledo jokes, but not anymore. No. I don't take that crap. Yeah. I never realized how much of a, of a backbone that place is mm-hmm. for that community, and I'm so glad to see places like the as the East Side kind of is reimagined that they are still a backbone Absolutely. over there. And they're doing this very important event, which of course Naomi will be there yeah. um, to help. Them because it's it's so important what they do. Do you get so, over? I had asked my friend Shelby. I was like, "Is this the first time there's ever been anything like this?" She's like, "Maybe, but definitely nothing this big." I think it may like exactly. I think they've had them in the past, but not quite this big. So I'm really looking for that's May tenth. I want to yeah, say May tenth. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. So we will be there. Are you get out? You you are community engagement. Yes. Which, for those that didn't listen, to you you engage the community. Mm-hmm. It's. It's unbelievable stuff. It's fun. Um, What communities do you get out to that maybe you don't get the the best reception from? Or they're still, not that maybe the stigma Mm -hmm. keeps them from talking or maybe historically speaking. Mm -hmm. I know we are, you do what you do to get communities of color to embrace mental health awareness. And it's still a freaking challenge. It is a very big challenge. But what we do here, um, part of my job is to get out there in the community and work with our African-American um, community and our Latino community. Um, we have um, leadership initiatives for both groups and we get out there and not only do we um, make sure that we're educating them, but we kind of pound the pavement a little bit too. We make sure that we're known in the community, um, especially, uh, let's talk about the Latino community um, first. Um, that's a community that you just really have to build trust more so because you have a lot of refugees there. 
um, over living in that area. And they need to understand that we're not just coming in for a one-stop shop, that we want to come back and continue educating them and helping them meet their needs for mental health. It's got to be double the challenge. And I think you're talking about like the old South End yes. and La Escuela. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where a big part of our Hispanic community is. Yep. Not only is there an ethnic difference, a skin color difference, but you have mm-hmm. a language barrier as well. Oh, yes. Huge language barrier. And I just remember, you know, since I've been in the mental health field, I remember there were times when, um, you know, I would talk to someone that came in maybe for an assessment and I was doing, this was, before I was at NAMI. And I remember, you know, kids coming in with their parents to translate. That's traumatizing within itself for a child Mm -hmm. to have to translate what a mom or dad is saying. So we really got a lot of work to do in the uh, Latino community to help break down that language barrier, to make sure that we're providing quality service to them and making sure that we have someone in our area and in our, you know, community mental health agencies that speak um, Spanish, and that is bilingual. Um, would you prefer I say African American or black? You know what? That's a funny question. Me, I'm just I. I'm a black brown person. Okay. I don't. I mean, but I know you have to be political, if you will. But I don't ever want to insult anybody. Thank you. I appreciate that. But you can say black. All right, let's talk about the black community. Yes. Uh, the things that I often encounter when I go out with the Suicide Prevention Coalition, the yes. things that I hear, and and please push this back at me if I'm if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is um, shame. Yes. They they know about it because their peers in school mm-hmm. talk about it. Their mm-hmm. white friends, whoever else, so mm-hmm. they know about it. Mm-hmm. We know that Gen Z is more aware of mental health than any yes, any other generation. That is doesn't matter the color, but there's shame. They don't want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. There's stigma. There's also uh, maybe the older generation mm-hmm. with, that's in their household goes, mm-hmm. we're going to pray that away. Oh, yeah. So tell me <laughs> about your experiences, how absolutely. off that might be. Oh, absolutely. Well, being African-American myself, I can speak on this from um, experience. And unfortunately, in the black community, we run into that a lot. You know, um, mental health is just something that we simply just don't talk about. Um, Like you said, in our churches, we want to pray it away. Um, Or we were told um, what goes on in this house stays in this house. You know, I remember being a kid myself and I had all this energy and, you know, my parents had me in probably everything you can think of to burn that energy and, um, you know, come to find out years later that I have. ADHD. So being able to, you know, be aware of that helps me tremendously now that I'm an adult. Um, And unfortunately, for a lot of families um, and a lot of children, um, parents don't address it. So the kids are labeled as bad. And, and, you know, my thing, Eric, is that is a huge, huge um, pet peeve. There's no such thing as a bad child. There's always an underlying problem. There's something going on inside the household or with that child that we're living in such a fast society that we're not paying attention. So between school and being at home with the parent, we're missing it. Let me ask you, how big of a problem is it in the black community or Mm -hmm. maybe really any community at large? We've Mm -hmm. lost a a lot of people. The the epidemic for the pandemic was was the opioid crisis. And Mm -hmm. I know that we had a lot of kids um, whose parents were their grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, when you encounter that, you're dealing with someone obviously a, of a much older generation. Yes. So there's even less likely to get help from yes. from uh, a mental health perspective. Mm-hmm. How often do you run into that? A lot. What a do lot. we do? Um, we educate. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, I love about working for NAMI. We're making sure no matter what we do, we continue to educate the community on mental health. I know it's cliche, but we have T-shirts to actually say it's okay not to be okay. And no matter how many times I wear the T-shirt, someone always stopped me and go, I needed to see that today. Good. You know, because it's so important for us to, you know, acknowledge that 
we're not always okay. You know, I was at a church uh, last Sunday, you know, presenting on NAMI and our services. And I told, you know, I was telling the group of women that, you know, it's okay for us to say no. We don't own an explanation. It's okay to take that time for ourselves to make sure that we're taking those mental health days. You know, we're pulling back. And let me not be mom. Well, I'm not a mom, but for those who are. But let me not be mom for just five minutes. Yeah. Give me five minutes and I'll be back. You don't take care of yourself. Yes. You're not going to be able to take care of anybody. Absolutely. And I think that, that Absolutely. parents have burdened themselves with a lot of that. Absolutely. Um, have you seen acceptance in these communities any community over the last couple of years more people i think have gotten have gotten it through their head no mm-hmm. pun intended mm-hmm. uh before during and now that we move it after covid yep well i'm so glad that you asked that question because if you want to look at something good that came out of covid it has made people more aware of their mental yeah. health um when we have been busy from for the last Two years now because we're going into the second we've been slammed i mean people are more aware they're calling in they're looking for the resources they're looking for us to come out and do presentations about mental health and take care of your mental wellness so yes business the, is booming business is booming <laughs> the most positive thing that came out of covid people are more yeah. aware of I, what's going on mentally I, i've we are we are two peas of a pot i've said that like the silverest lining and people might not want to hear this but we do this now. We we mm-hmm. we have lost people. We have a virus. Everything, but mm-hmm. we have now begun to address our mental health. More people Absolutely. have done so. Um, so I often now run into people who want to get that help and they can't get in to see somebody mm-hmm. because there's a long line and we don't yep. have enough providers. Yep. How can you maybe fill that hole a little bit, if at all? Oh, that's where Nami comes in because what we do at Nami. We have an amazing family navigation team. And what we try to do and make sure that we eliminate the barriers that people have. Like when you're calling in, we make sure that before you even get that first appointment that your insurance is accepted. If you don't have insurance, we make sure that they have a either pay-as-you-go or sliding fee scale, which can help them with their um, bills if depending on their income. Is that someone within your organization? Yes. Or your, so like yes. a pro- social worker, counselor, therapist? Um, those are our family navigators. That is um, um, Sarah Gross and okay. FF Dumani. Got it. Um, we make sure the insurance accepted and that's where my job comes in, ties into all this because what I do is I go out and I find those smaller mental health agencies because we all know that our big three, they're slammed. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who they are, that's who they go to but and that pushes assessments back, that pushes our psyche valves back whereas if we get them in these smaller or private practices, they get in sooner. So that's really important for us to make sure that we're taking those barriers away so they can get the help that they need. What else do you guys offer? I know one of the highlights since I have been familiar with our NAMI is one, um, Kristen's Creative Expressions is kind of the signature thing, but also it's a great place for people who have a friend or family member, relative, mm-hmm. dealing with the mental health mm-hmm. issues so those people can get help. Absolutely. And that's where our classes come in. I know you know about those, but that's what our classes do. We um, have different ones that talk about, you know, your mental health, mental health needs, med management, um, things that, uh, things what not to say to a loved one, um, explaining that. Just not- uh just uh, just feel better. Go yeah. read a meme or uh, yeah. walk it off. or Walk whatever. it off. Exercise. You know, <laughs> we make sure that we tell them, you know, not only is that family member going through that mental health diagnosis, but you are too because mm-hmm. you have to take care of them and you have to love them. And my biggest thing, Eric, if no one takes anything away from today, 
your mental health diagnosis does not define who you are. Hmm. And we have to make people realize that and understand it doesn't stop you from living. You know, you can live a successful life, you know, and we want to make sure that people do that. Um, what is the class schedule like? Uh, you mentioned that business is booming. Business what, is booming. What is, <laughs> what, what is the class schedule like? I mean, the office just has to be buzzing with different programs all the time. Yes, we have our um, family to family class. Um, we have our family and friends and then NAMI Basics on the uh, class side and then our support group as you know they're every Monday and Wednesday nights those are our um, family support groups and then um, basic support groups so um, they're, they've been full the last at least I can say for sure for the last year um, Sarah Gross she's our family navigator she goes to the ones in the evening just to make sure that if um, help is needed guess what we're there What's maybe coming down the future a little bit? Any maybe more programs, more Sonyas, more Sonyas? Yes, actually, we do have a couple of events coming up um, for the um, the African American leadership. We have our event coming up in July. That's July twenty first. More information to come on that, and then we have our Latino leadership um, conference as well. That's coming up in October. Of course, more information on those as well. Walk day is May twentieth. Yes. It's later than usual. It's usually like Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> Usually. I'm embarrassed to say I don't know when Mother's Day weekend is. It's because you're not a mom. Don't you? Are <laughs> I'm you not, not close with your mom? No, my mom passed away. Okay. Yeah. My birthday is usually so, yes, on Mother's Day weekend, so this all I always remember this. But and then I, a, a bunch it of is years. Mother's Day. Uh, the weekend of like the 12th or 13th, the weekend before. Okay. Okay. Now I'm with you. <laughs> We had a we had a heart walk uh, cross up a couple of years ago, yeah. but it was like yeah. May twentieth. It's like wow, yeah. like Memorial Day. Robin we're really wants the good weather. We're excited though. We're so excited. And I, I just want everybody to understand. Come out, you know. Even if you're coming in just to walk, come out and walk with us. I mean, it's such a great time. It's a nice neighborhood walk. I had never it walked is. to that neighborhood it's before. So nice. You were there. Oh yeah, you were there. I was. Yeah. Although I had no idea, but I was. I was getting COVID. No. Were you? So I thought, I mean, we the weather the weather had kind of sprung at that point, and I thought it was allergies. Allergies, and it was COVID. And my, I guess my adult allergies have gotten like more <laughs> angsty over the years. Um, and we're walking through that neighborhood, and and I I go home, and I'm like, I got to trim some of these things around the house, and I'm, I'm like taking a bath in pollen. And it just hit you, huh? It was definitely. I Aww, I never bummer. I never tested positive, not once. But it was COVID. But everybody here in this office, like it went around like wildfire, like like it was the first day of COVID all over again. Oh no, and that was uh, a what a year into it was that no twenty twenty. I'm so telling two years. you, since COVID, I've. We've missed two years. I missed two years of my life. I want to do over. Can you I have a do over? You Eric? can't because no. th- we, we, we lose all the mental health momentum. We've That's made. right. You're tr- all right. You're right. What's okay. another silver lining that you that Sonia came across in the in the COVID times? You know what? It was. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Perfectly honest. It was really difficult for me. You know, I'm always happy whenever you see me. Happy go lucky, Sonia. Let me tell you, it took a toll. It took a toll. But what I did learn. Um, about being home and coming out of COVID and everything is that you have to take no matter what and I'm being dead serious you have to take that self time you have to take that me time and get out and walk and and clear your mind you know um, so a silver lining for me was really to honestly take better care of myself you know make sure that I push back and, and stop saying yes to everything I can't be in 20 places even though I want to yeah. be so now I'm that person I've learned to say no not this time, but maybe next, because I will work, 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 work. Yeah. But through and through COVID, I realized that a, you got to step back and 
take that self-care. So Well, thanks for being one of Robin's A people Thank over you. the years. Thank you. Very excited for the walk. <laughs> May 20th It's going to be a good time. Do we know what food trucks will be out there? We do We do not. I know there's going to be two. Okay. And they're going to be yummy. Everything we do at NAMI is top notch. Of course, I'm there. So. Real fast to wrap up. Yes. Give me Give me a quick line about Kristen's creative expressions, which is very unique. Okay, real quick. Um, basically, if you don't know what that is, and we try not to call it this, but it's basically art therapy. It's a way to express yourself without talking. A lot of people, unfortunately, are not talkers. I can go in a room of 100 million people and probably know every single one when I walk out. Everybody's not like that. So this gives them a way to express themselves through art, whether they're drawing or creating something, and then they can kind of talk about it amongst themselves. So it's super successful. It has been one of our most successful programs within the last six months. We've seen probably over, I want to say 450 people come through the classes. So busy. Awesome. We're done. Yay. Say super easy. <laughs>